Father, we thank you because you're the God who reigns. You reign, you reign over every circumstance. You're the ruler of all. You are above everything. We lift your name high in this place, Lord God. And we just ask this afternoon, Father God, that you speak to us by your Holy Spirit. Make our hearts tender, Lord God, and sensitive to that which you have for us today. Lord God, we give you room. We, we ask that the Holy Spirit will take total control of our minds, our thoughts, and make us, Lord God, what you want us to be. May your name be glorified. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good afternoon, Katie. Uh, I'm treating the subject of financial integrity. That is uh, integrity in finances. <clears throat> How many would like to have a lot of finances? <laughs> Hallelujah. I tried to look at uh, the dictionary for the meaning of, of integrity to, to just try and uh, situate us uh, what, what does it mean to, to be a, a person of integrity and then to apply it to fi our finances? And I came up with a, a whole lot of words, and many of them quite, quite actually um, take you back to what the Bible talks about when we talk about uh, up, 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 uprightness, right standing with God, righteousness, right living. And I, I'll give you a few of the words that I came up with in the, in the, in the dictionary. It talks about having an undivided and un, un, unbroken completeness, with not, not wanting nothing. But it talks about probity, that, that is having strong moral principles, to be steadfast and uncompromising and applying a strict set of codes. Makes you think of the commandments that were given to Moses. And then it talks about soundness of moral character, honesty, the, the condition of being undivided, unimpaired, consistency and freedom from corruption. We wonder whether this was written by a Christian or something, you know, like quoting from, from the scriptures. So when we talk about integrity, we are looking, financial integrity, we're looking at something that remains this, the same, that, is, uh, on, or that doesn't change from one situation to the other, uh, something that is sound, that, can, that is tested, that you don't have a rule for today and another rule for tomorrow, you know, uh, and maintaining uh, financial integrity, I believe, actually, as a Christian, is about, it's, it's an issue about stewardship. It's an issue of our accountability before God. I remember what God said to Abraham in, uh, in Genesis 17. He said, walk before me and be perfect. Our God is looking for us to be like him, to be perfect in him, that we should be um, irreproachable, that we should be, we should be trustworthy, that we should be truthful, that we should be scrupulous in the way in which we handle our, our finances, and that there'll be a cohesion, uh, as something that it's, 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 um, that can be proven and, and when, you know, when, when you, I always say that where the truth is concerned, 
you, you, you don't need to look at it twice. It remains the same yesterday, today, and, and forever because it's the truth. It's only lies that can change. And that's how God wants us to be, that we remain the same. You're given 10 pounds, you account for 10 pounds. You don't then begin to talk, oh, there was a one pound, but I haven't accounted for it, but, but this nine pounds is here. No, you, you make a full account of the 10 pounds that were given to you. And, but it's also beyond that, it's about what we do with it. So I'm going to be looking at the subject of financial uh, integrity from the point of view of how God expects us as Christians to handle our finances that, that God has committed into our hands and also how we render an account of what has been given to us. To start us off, I'm going to be reading from the book of Matthew chapter 18, there are a couple of um, uh, 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 parables that Jesus Christ spoke in, in, in this, uh, this chapter and which, which kind of point towards uh, how God looks at uh, financial uh, integrity. So first of all, let's look at Matthew 18 and we begin to read um, from verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, the Lord, asked him, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but, 27, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. I'm not talking about the subject of forgiveness today, although this, this story is about uh, you know, sometimes it's used to, to illustrate forgiveness. But I'm interested in the, in the aspect of having been given a sum of money and having to pay it back. So we see, in, first of all, in this story that Jesus Christ uh, is pointing attention to the fact that you've been, you've been given a sum of money, so you are required to account for it. If we scoop over to the next chapter, uh, to, uh, yes, to chapter 25, it's not the next chapter, I'm sorry, <laughs> 18 and then 25. Chapter 20, 25, we look at verse 15. I'll probably take it from verse 14 anyway. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money, to another, two talents, and to another, one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. 
After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man with, who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered a seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of, te of, of teeth. Um, you know, the, 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 our, our lives belong to God. We, 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 everything we have, everything we own belongs to God. And so, we, we need to treat our finances in the same way in which we treat our lives. We say we give our lives to Christ and, and we, we want God to direct us what we want to do, how, what, 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 in what areas we should work, what kind of ministry we should be involved in and all that. And we, we want to totally surrender. That's the same way also our finances are supposed to be surrendered to God. How does God want our talent, our, our, uh, the finances he puts into our hands? How does he want them? To be, to be used? What, what areas does he want us to use them? And, and, to, and in, in, in essence, when we, when we use our finances, we use it in accordance with, with the, will, the, the will of God and with the, with the precepts that God has already shown us. And we'll be, we'll be undivided in the way in which we, we carry out the instructions that, we, we, that God gives us. I'm going to look at a few areas how... Uh, our, the, the things that God commits to us, how, are we, so how do we actually outwork them on a day-to-day -day basis? I want to look, first of all, at the area of our duties. As Christians, we have a duty to God in terms of uh, how we, uh, we handle our finances. In the, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, people were required to tithe and Actually, those who did not tithe, it, uh, the, the not tithing, carried a curse. And, and I know that we, we believe that the Old Testament has been superseded by the New Testament. It doesn't mean that we're not required to obey the word of God. Indeed, the standards of the gospel supersede the standards of the Old Testament. And Jesus Christ said he did not come to annul the, the law. He didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill it. As it's in Christ, we are able 
to do what God wants us to do. What man what we could not do in our flesh, God, through Christ, enables us to do it. And indeed, in the, on the sermon, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus Christ expressed how the standards of Christians, the standards of the gospel, supersede those of the Old Testament. Though he said, except your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the, of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not see the kingdom of God. Jesus expects us to do over and above what was done in the Old Testament. So for people to say that tithing has been done away with, it's a total misunderstanding, misconception. It's a great, not only a great error, a great disservice and a danger in which they put themselves. Because God is not just looking for our tithe. I believe God wants everything. Can I have an amen? Or you can say ouch. You can say ouch if that's painful. But I want you to know that God wants everything. It, it, everything belongs to him anyway. Whatever we have, it comes from God. And God expects us now to say, okay, God, of what you've given me, what am I supposed to do? So one of our duties to God is to see, okay, the, very, the barest minimum of the Old Testament, the barest minimum of those who did not have the Holy Spirit is to give a tithe of what you have. And I remember Clive Pick teaching many years ago here saying that when you, when you give your tithe, the, the 90% of, of your income is protected because, because you have already honored God and given him the, your first fruits. God now takes care that what is remaining you are able, would, would suffice for your needs, would provide for you, and would open doors so that you could even have a lot more than you had had if you had not given your tithes. And, and what, what happens actually effectively is that when, when, you, when you give your tithes, God does not allow unwarranted expenses to come your way. You know, there are people who, who maybe have good jobs and they, they earn a lot of money, but there is no, they're not, the things are not together. You just, in spite of the big job, in spite of the big position, they're still struggling. You know, before you know it, there's a sickness, and they have to pay for bills, and then the car, something is wrong with the car, and then some unexpected bill, or something happens with the house. I'm not saying that each time something, something, you have an expense because you have not paid your tithe. All I'm just saying is that if they all come in one go, I would say it's, that would be an occasion to check oneself. Have I been upright with God? Have, have I been correct in, 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 in maintaining that minimum, and I, I maintain that it's minimum, the, the, the 10% is minimum. Because, you know, God said in that passage in Malachi, and I, I'm not asking you to refer to it, but Malachi 2.10 said, bring all the tithes into my house and prove me, that is, put me to the test, test me, and see if I will not open heaven up to you. And, and provide such an abundance that there will not be enough room for it. You know, when, when, you, when you choose to honor God, there are doors that God would open before you that even money cannot buy. The doors of favor, doors of opportunity, doors of grace. You know, things that you would not even know to go and ask about. You know, jobs you did not know even existed. They will call you. And ask you to go and take the position. Why? Because you have chosen to honor God and, and to be a worthy servant. 
the, the Bible also talks in terms of free will offering and thanksgiving. I know that sometimes, some, some of us who come from Africa, you know, they are always overdo things in Africa, and I know about Nigerians particularly, you know, they can do three or four offerings, or five offerings sometimes, you know, in one church. I remember going to, with my brother-in-law to church the last time I was in Nigeria, and he gave me like four envelopes. I said, what's this for? She said, because they're going to do this offering for this, and they're going to do the offering for that, and do the offering for that. So he had put money in these various envelopes so that when they call for the various offerings, you know, I would not be caught unawares, you know. And so I know that, I know that, that there can be excesses. But at the same time, you know, God does such great and wonderful things for us that we have no excuse not to be grateful. When you look at the, at the record of, of, of the people of God in the Bible, you see that periodically they'll come back to God for, what, for the great things they had done. I remember when some people had gone to battle, you know, in the days of Joshua. They came back and they said, you know, we all came back. No, nobody, nobody was hurt. And we want to give an offering. You know, they had given an offering from the booty that they, 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 had, they had got. But over and above that, they said, but we the leaders, we want to give an offering to God. And, and we, want, we, want, we really want God to, to be honored because we want to recognize what he has done. And over and above what had been given before, they gave an offering. And in the, in the Bible, there are all kinds of free will offerings that are encouraged. And I want to encourage us people of God to develop that heart of gratitude towards God. And when, when, when we get a bonus, it's an opportunity to go and give thanksgiving to God. You get a promotion, give thanksgiving to God. Your child is, is safe from uh, an, an accident, go and give thanksgiving to God. You, you, you know, something happens, you, you, you come back, you know, because God, God rewards the person who is thankful. You know, when you're thankful, you get more. You know, a, a couple of years ago, we came back from Mali, you know, from that mission in, in 2011. And God, God had done such great things on, that we had not, never imagined, you know, and God had met us so powerfully. You know, when we came back, you know, we, we, the, the, the missionaries, we got together and we said, no, we've got, we got, we got to put a mark down. We've got to really show God that we're grateful for what he has done for us. And, and so we, we, we came together and we did a Thanksgiving, a special Thanksgiving, and we gave something, each of us proposed in our hearts what we wanted to give to God, and, and we gave something to God. And from that, there were many other doors that were open to us, able to do the work of the Lord. So when, when we have that heart of thanksgiving to, to honor God, to obey God, you know, the, 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 we are the ones who reap the benefit. You know, when we maintain that, that probity before God, and, and it's, it's part of our duty of being upright, that, that, that we show gratitude towards God and, and just give. You know, I, I'm amazed about how some people get new jobs and they don't even think, they don't even think of giving their first salary to God. I know I, know I may be a bit, a bit outrageous, but you know, if you don't live outrageously, I don't know how you're going to get outrageous blessings. Can I have an amen? amen. You know, we, we're dealing with a God who, whose power is infinite. 
You know, he owns the, the, the sheep on a thousand hills. There is nothing. You cannot, you cannot outgive God. What can you give God that he didn't give you in the first place? And you know, whatever we give to God is a seed. There is a time to sow and there is a time to reap. When, when you, the Bible says that when you, when you sow bountifully, guess how you're going to reap? Bountifully. And so, you, we, we sow with an open heart. Well, I'm not on the subject of sowing. Just, I just got carried away there. But I just, I just want us to know that, look, I, I can tell you from my own personal life that when you, when you, when you sow unto God, God will reward because God's hands are infinitely bigger than our own. Amen. Then, of course, other duties that we have, we have a duty to our parents. We saw Jesus Christ uh, telling of the Pharisees for not honoring their parents and pretending that because they give to God, therefore they're not going to give to their parents. So we, we, we have a duty to, to, be, to be accountable in the area of our finances, in supporting our, our parents, supporting widows and men, supporting wives. You know, sometimes you hear about men not giving money for housekeeping. It's silly. It's, you know, the Bible says, do yourself a favor. Love your wife. That's what it says. So he who loves his wife loves himself. So are there any married men in the house? Any, no, only Gabriel is married. No other married men in the house. Do yourself a favor. Give to your wife. Bible says that he who, who takes care of his wife, his prayers will get answered. Does anybody want his prayers answered? Take care of your wives. There's a duty to church members and to, to the body, to the, to the vision of the house, because that's where God has placed us. The, 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 what God has provided us with, we, are, we hold in stewardship. We hold as... Um, uh, uh, as as uh, uh, the word steward, it's no, it's no longer it's no longer current. But we hold as people who are, are kind of monitors. You know, you're you're, you're holding it as a gauge in it on on the behalf of somebody else. <laughs> Thank you. Not quite, but anyway, you know, um, you 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 hold it in trust. You're holding it in trust on the behalf of the person who committed it to you. And so, you know, oftentimes there are needs in the body of Christ. There are needs in the church. There are things that God is wanting to accomplish in the house. There, there are directions that God gives to the leadership of the house and, and things that need to be accomplished. The, the plan of God is that those needs be met in-house. Because within, within that house, there is a sufficiency. And our duties as good stewards of God's grace is to, to use what God has given to us in a way that would fulfill the need that God has brought into the house. And, you know, the measure to which we have been faithful in handling what has been committed to us is the measure by which God is going to bring increase into our lives. You saw the story that we read in chapter 25 of that steward who, uh, 
uh, the, the three stewards, I mean the three men who had been given varying amounts of money. The one who had been given five and who, who, who took care of the five and, and, and used it in a way that he could bring in more, he was rewarded with more. Are you following me? And the one who, who had three and, and then reproduced um, another three, he also was rewarded with more. The one who had what he had and kept it and did nothing with it, what happened? It was taken from him. And you know, this is what happens to us with our finances. Sometimes we may look at what, what we have and think, oh, I only have 100 pounds left here. And there's a member of the cell who, who doesn't have transportation. If I give her that, that, then it means that, you know, that trip to the gym I was going to have, I may not be able to have it. Or it may mean that treat I was going to give myself, I'm not going to be able to have it. Or, or maybe there's, there's the, the pastor announces something that is required. Maybe there's a mission to Mali and they want people to support the mission. Ah, if I give that money, then there's something I'm going to be depriving myself of. Actually, our duty when such needs arise is to go to God. God, what, do you, what would you have me do? What other people do is none of our business. It's what God is calling us to do that counts. And we are accountable for what God puts in our hands. And it's amazing how in the household of God, it is not necessarily the richest people or the, the people who are, who, who are the most who, who are contributing. It's, it's those who, are, who have got the revelation of whose they are who have got the revelation of everything that they have come from God, and therefore they are accountable to God for how they handle what God has put in their charge. And is, is it not surprising that those who do not give, even as God directs, find themselves frequently in need? But when we open our hearts and we give in accordance to what God has committed into our charge, then it allows God to pour back into our bosom. Amen? I also want, still on the topic of, of, the, of our duties, even to the church and, and generally, sometimes also we, we may be led to give a pledge. And, and once we leave the, the venue of, of the pledge, sometimes we just forget about it and we think, oh, that was, that was, and then we'd start to call it names. It was an emotional response. You know, uh, I was carried away by the moment. But, you know, the Bible says that you're snared by the words of your mouth. Whether you were emotional, whether you were carried away, once you have made an oath, it's binding to you. As a child of God, God expects you to be truthful, to be trustworthy, to be honest in what you do, and not to engage in duplicity, but to, to act, you know, when you make a pledge, it's almost like a debt. And we know, saw that, that other story in Matthew 18, that when we, when, we, when we owe a debt, we are required to pay our debts. When we're, not required, when we're not supposed to be looking for loopholes whereby we would not pay that debt. That is not consistent to our Christian living. You know, our consistency is, 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 must be free from corruption. 
It must be free from dishonesty and immorality. It must be free from deceit. It must be free from duplicity. We mustn't engage in anything that will bring the name of the Lord into disrepute. We, we, we have to be upright. So when, when, we, when we, 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 we have a debt, our duty is to look to God. How do we pay it? And our God is sufficient in all things. And, then, and also for paying for services rendered. You know, um, we, we shouldn't try and, 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 and just take advantage when we look in the Bible, we see so many examples of people uh, that, that are held high before us as heroes and as, as, as models, how they have ordered their lives in a most honest and respectful way. We look at the story of uh, Abraham in the book of Genesis when he wanted to bury his wife uh, and, and he wanted the Hittite to give him the cave of Machpelah. And the guy said to him, take it. What's that between friends? That's where that expression came from. What's that between friends? You know? He said, no, I'll pay for it. And you know, when you, when you pay for, what you, for the service that's rendered to you, you acquire a respect, you know, and, and, and people would want to do business with you. If people feel that you are there to take advantage of them or even to cheat them, if possible, you close the door against yourself. And of course, you remember the story of David when he was going to um, erect an altar uh, for the, uh, at, the, at the threshing floor of Arawina after the destruction in, in 2 Samuel 24. And how Arawina had told him, oh, take it. You know, you, you can have it. David said, no, I'm not going to offer unto the Lord something that has cost me nothing. You know, what, what we give to God is holy. And therefore, we must be prepared to honor the, the, the responsibilities that, that we get into and not take advantage of other people. And, and also, in the, in the place of, um, of, of, of our authority, especially when we find ourselves in positions of authority, we do not pervert the cause of justice in consideration of money. Uh, you know, and, and not and let money be the thing that decides how we, how we, how we choose in, in, on a day-to-day -day basis. Unfortunately, the Bible says in, uh, in the book of Timothy that the love of money is the root of all evil. And indeed, it is. It's a, the love of it, not, not money in itself. It is the love of money that's the root of evil. Because the Bible says that money answers all things. So it is important for us. We, we need money. We, we have to have money. And God makes money available to us because we are his children. Can I have an amen? amen. And, and, but, but our trust is not in the money. Our trust is in the God who provides that money. And therefore, we look to him, not to the money. We worship God, not money. We expect from God, not from the money. Because the money you have today, it can disappear tomorrow. But our God whom we have today, he is there tomorrow. Hallelujah. And he can be entreated again. What he did for us yesterday, he can do it again tomorrow. And so our worship is towards God. You know, we, we, are, we are required to, first of all, give ourselves to God. And when we give ourselves to God, whatever we need 
to fulfill the, the demands on our lives. God is a supplier. God will make it available to us. You know, there are very many examples of people who have not been upright in, in, in the way they handle money uh, in the Bible to warn us that we should be careful that we do not, uh, that, we, that, that we remain un uncorrupted in, in the area of, of finances. Uh, the Bible condemned dishonest skills in the book of Amos and, you know, using varied ways of handling things. You know, maybe, maybe you're a businessman. You don't want to cheat. don't want to cheat the person you're doing business with. You'll you, you, you be, you be straightforward. You know, you saw the story of Achan who, who hid the wedge of gold and the Babylonian garment. And the, that, that single act by one person not only did it lead to his, to, the destruct, to his own destruction and destruction of his family, it led to the defeat of the whole army of Israel be, just because somebody in their member was deceitful with money. So, you know, the, our actions, our own individual actions, don't just affect us, but it affects the community that we live in. We should not be the ones through whom you know, evil would come into our church. And of course, a celebrated case of Ananias and Sapphira because they wanted to look good. They pretend they were not honest in, 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 the, in the money they presented. You know, uh, because they were not looking to God. They were not doing things unto God. They were doing it unto men. Because some people had sold a piece of land and brought all of the money. They could have said, Oh, we also sold a piece of land, but we are bringing half of the amount. Okay, it would not have matched Barnabas' one, as it says in, in, in the book of Acts chapter 5, but, but at least you still sold and you still brought something. You know, God, God is looking for people who would be upright, who would be straightforward, who would be reliable, and who would present him honestly before the people. And the, the case of Ananias and Sapphira is a, is, a, is, a, is a very, very important example to us that we cannot mess around with God. They, they in their time, received instant judgment. I don't know whether to rejoice that we're not, we're not yet living in those days because only God knows how many people would have fallen dead. Hallelujah. But, but I believe the days are coming when God, God is going to be looking for us to really be upright and to be honest and to be straightforward and not to look for the glory of man, but for God's glory. And, and, you know, and in any case, it's not so much what other people see us doing that is important. It's what God sees that we do. And you know the story of Gehazi, the, the servant of Elisha, how he pursued Naaman and pretended, you know. Again, he was not being upright. He went and I know, I know that it was clothes. He got a chain of clothes. But that represented money as well. And, of course, God did not look kindly on, the, on that kind of dishonesty because he pretended that he did not, he did not have that. Uh, he had not taken anything from Naaman. And he was covered in, in leprosy. The, the, in, in the Bible, we see how, the, uh, how people who were upright 
were constantly being commended. You know, the story of, um, of Nehemiah. Nehemiah refused to take a salary when, while he was uh, looking after the, the children of Israel uh, in the rebuilding of, of, of the temple when he went back to Jerusalem. Uh, Peter, Peter refused the money that was offered him by Simon Majors, the, the magician. Mind you, of course, you know, it's as if somebody comes to you and, and you, you're, you're giving a bit of counseling and they offer to, to, take, to give you money. I, I have been offered money for counseling before. They ask me, how much do you charge? And I say, I don't charge. It's, it's all God's, you know. Uh, but um, you know, we, we need to be careful that we do not use our position to extract money out of people and to, and to take what that which is not ours. Um, the, we, we saw that Jacob, when Jacob was serving his unjust uh, father-in-law, he was meticulous nevertheless to be accountable for every loss. If anything was missing, he accounted for it. He didn't say, well, that's just too bad. He, 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 was, he was upright, he was honest, in, in, in his dealings. That is, that, that is what God expects of us. And I don't know whether maybe even I've spoken, maybe some of the things that, uh, you know, that may have happened in your own life uh, may, may, be, you know, may be brought to your mind. I want, to, I want you to know that God is a God of new beginning. God does not want us to, to remain in, in, a, in a position of wrong. You know, like Zacchaeus, when Jesus visited Zacchaeus, and, and he was a tax collector. Everybody knew that tax collectors cheated and took more than they should have. But when, when he got converted, he himself, very willingly, if you want to look at it, in Luke 19, verse 8, he himself said, you know, henceforth, if I've cheated anybody, I'm going to, I'm going to repay them. Restitution is a Christian thing for us to do. Restitution is a sign of how we have been reconciled back to God. When in the place of, of, of money, where we have either unjustly withholding money, or where we have cheated other people, or where we have not honored our, our pledges, we, there's a place for us to go back and say, okay, I, I was wrong in this area. I want to make up for it. Maybe you have not tied for the past 10 years, I'm not asking you to, to go and total up what you've done, what you haven't done up till now. But I'm asking you, however, to, to think in terms of coming back to the place of moral rectitude before God, moral standing, so that you can be in line to receive the promises of God, to receive the blessings that God promises to those who give to him. Because the Bible says when we give, when we give willingly, we will receive abundantly. God loves a cheerful giver. As we give cheerfully, God gives back to us. And, and, or maybe you're owing people money that you have not paid. It's important to acknowledge our, 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 our fault, acknowledge what we owe, and then begin to look to God and to say, Oh, Lord, okay, God, how are you going to help me? to repay this debt. Sometimes things may look so impossible. But God, you know, God honors 
those who put their absolute trust in him. And I'm just going to share an example. It's a personal example, personal testimony. It's not to lift myself up, but it's to give glory to God and to show how faithful God can be. Many years ago, when I was working at the university, uh, I, was, I, I asked for a sabbatical, and I was given a sabbatical to, to go to France. And, uh, but when I was going, the, the university committee, normally when you go uh, on, on a sabbatical, the university will pay your fare, and they pay your, 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 your salary, and also pay your living allowance when you're abroad. And they said to me that they were not going to pay anything. That I could take, if I wanted, I could take it, I could take that leave, but that was it. And they were not going to pay anything. But they would pay my fare. That was the only thing they were prepared to pay. But, as of that point in time, my husband also was taking a sabbatical. And, and in my husband's place of work, they were providing for my fare and the children's fare. So, I, I mean, I could have taken it and, you know, and say because they were not giving me anything else. And, but I, I thought, but before God, I could not honestly take the fare, knowing fully well that I was getting a fare somewhere else. So I declined the fare, and I felt really, I felt very peeved about it, and, and I went, you know, I, I did go away on the sabbatical. But, you know, the surprising thing was when I came back, like nine months later, the committee reviewed their decision, and guess what? They paid my full salary. They paid the living allowances. You know, we, we serve a living God who, when, when we put our trust in him, it may hurt for a little while, but, you know, he, he sometimes is waiting to see, are we going to behave honestly? I, I really want to challenge us as the people of God tonight, you know, to, to really make up our minds that we're going to walk in a perfect way before God, that we're going to be, be people of integrity, where our finances are concerned, that we're going to look to God to help us to honor our commitments, to give ourselves to God, to give everything that God gives to us to him and let him tell us how we're to disperse them and then look to him for provision. You know, the, the one thing that usually would prevent us from, from trusting the Lord is pride because we think we know better. We think that God might not come through for us because we don't trust him. But when we put ourselves on the, on the back burner and we put God in front, and we don't, we don't feel that we are self-sufficient in everything, but we depend entirely on him, we would we'll be amazed how God is going to provide for us, press down, shaking together, and, and running over above what we could ever ask or think. Let's just stand on our feet now. And, I, I, and as I just close this, this time, I want each person to pray to God. You know, maybe that you have been challenged in one area of your life uh, or, or the other. Maybe things that have not been right. I want you to tell God about it this afternoon and say, Lord God, I am sorry. I want to start afresh. I want to be a, a man of integrity. I want to be a woman of integrity. My trust is in you, and I know that you will make provision for me. I want to hear the people of God pray in this place this morning. And it's also a time to, to say to God, if there's any restitution you need to make, anybody you owe money to, 
or maybe you have not been used to giving your tithes or, or you have not been giving free will of free. This is a time to make a fresh commitment before God and to say, Lord God, this is a new day and I'm going to be trusting you to help me to honor you with what I've got and to be obedient to you in how I disperse my finances so that in everything you may be Lord of all. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you because you're such a good God. You're a loving Father. Thank you that, Lord God, you, you, you are the God who, who is the God of new beginnings. And, Lord God, as, as, a, as a people, we come and ask, Lord God, for forgiveness for in every way in which we have not honored you, in which we have not been upright, in which we have not been honest in, in, in our financial dealings. We ask for cleansing through the blood of Jesus. We hide under the blood of Jesus. And we ask, oh God, that you make a new beginning with us, oh God, in Jesus' name. Lord God, we declare this afternoon that everything that we have comes from you and that everything belongs to you and therefore Lord God we we are totally depending upon you and we are asking Father God that you make a way for us even to honor our debts to honor our pledges that you make provision Oh God, we, we don't have any other God but you. You are the God who is sufficient in all situations. You are the God who answers prayers. Lord God, we want to depend entirely on you. And we are waiting for you, Lord God, for the manifestation of your promise upon our lives, Lord God. We are looking for the abundance that you want to give to us. We want to be obedient to you in all things. We want to be dependable, oh God, so that the needs of your house can be met. Father, we thank you because even as we look to you, we know know you provide for us more than we can ask. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.